Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. to a Satellite Sisters interview with singer-songwriter Susan Catania. This is Susan's new single, Worth the Whiskey, off her album, Haunted Heart. Take a listen, then we'll talk to Susan. Stay with me. I know just where you are. The 
listening to Satellite Sisters. This is one of our special Satellite Sisters interview series. And if you're wondering if we've gone country, yes, we have. Because we are going to be speaking with singer-songwriter Susan Catania about her new album, Haunted Heart, and her fantastic career as an actual songwriter. And I'll just confess right here, I went to college with Susan, and no one is more surprised than me that you are a country singer and songwriter, Susan. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. Thanks, Leanne. It's great to be here, and I'm, I'm psyched to... Well, I'm kind of Americana country. So okay. All right. Bit, well, we'll get different. into that because occasionally here on Satellite Sisters, we like to talk to people who are just doing interesting things because we know our people out there are listening. They're looking for inspiration in their lives. And Susan, yeah. 25 years ago... when. You and I showed up at Pomona College in California. You're a Jersey girl. I'm from Connecticut. And you were one of these just kind of really groovy girls with a great jazz voice. And I picture you like singing in that floppy black hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I still have the hat. <laughs> Put it on for the interview. Because I'm wearing it right now. Because <laughs> now you are like a bona fide Nashville singer-songwriter. Uh, you teach at the prestigious Berkeley School of Music after like a 10-year career in advertising. You completely switched up your life. You were sort of a self-taught musician, and now you're fully trained. And you've just released, is it your fourth album, Haunted Heart? It, it is, yep. And your third album was nominated for an Independent Music Award for Album of the Year, right? I know. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. <laughs> I, I know. I, it's crazy, but fantastic. So I'm just so proud of you. And you're like a mom and a wife with two uh, middle school kids. You have a 12 and a 14 year old. I do. Unbelievable. Yeah. So so what is it like? I'm going to ask you all the questions people ask me. So this is why I'm psyched to talk to you, Susan. Sure. You live in Boston. I um, but what is it like to birth an album? Let's just start right now. You've just released this album, Haunted Heart. It's doing very well, getting great reviews. What's that like to bring out an album? I imagine it's a lot like bringing out a book, but what are the steps? It is. I mean, I think that, um, so two things happen, you know, first of all, obviously you have to write the songs and there has to be kind of inspiration behind that. And I think that, um, for me, Haunted Heart is a particularly special album because it was the first time that I ever wrote songs only for myself. I had written for others before in Nashville and some of those songs ended up making it onto my other three albums. But this is the first one that it was all me, all me all the time. And so, you know, you come up with an idea and I write on piano and guitar, and so sometimes the piano would be the best instrument to deliver the song, and sometimes it would be the guitar. And I usually, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm very lyric focused. Mm -hmm. So for me, a song usually comes about because I'll have a hook, which is the title of the song, and so I'll work the hook, and I'll come up with a chorus or a refrain line, and then the song kind of emanates from there. And then once the song is finished, from, from my perspective, um, and I've put all the songs together, uh, then I usually meet with the producer, and the producer and I work together on who is going to be in the studio to record the kind of sound that you want, because that's also a specific thing to find what kind of sound do you want the album to, to, to be. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then you record it, and, and then for me, like... Um, it's also equally important to think about how the album looks and, right, and, I th right. and kind of what, you know, what statement you want to make visually as well as sonically. Um, and so it really is, you know, we started officially, I can tell you, we recorded the songs for the Haunted Heart a year ago this week. 
Oh, okay. So it takes that long. It's a lot like a book. Like it takes a year to write, yeah. but then a year to kind of bring to market once you finish yeah. it up and polish it and get the cover art and get the promo going. Right. It really is. And so it's funny because, um, uh, you know, sometimes I, I won't say, you know, which ones, but sometimes, you know, you put out an album and by the time it actually comes out, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> new songs now. And this this album, because I think it's so personal for me, um, I'm still loving it. I'm still really into it. I, I haven't kind of, it hasn't grown old and tired for me, even though it, it's been in the works for a while. You know what? Um, how did you land on this Americana sound? Because you, I think, like a lot of different kinds of music. As I recall, you were kind of a, a lounge singer, and then you became a club singer in New York, and then you went to Berkeley on a vocal scholarship. How did you land on this really storytelling kind of a sound and songwriting? Well, so it's it's uh, it's interesting because I think. I, you know, I always, I've always been a writer as you have as well. You know, I always write short stories and poetry and that kind of thing. And when I first heard country music, I remember thinking like, ugh, I, it's like dying cow music. I hate the, hated the pedal steel sound. I was like, ugh, but I love the storytelling. I okay. love storytelling. And so, and, and I love Joni Mitchell and I love Fleetwood Mac and I loved uh, Linda Ronstadt and Carla Bonoff. Kind of those were my, my touchstones as far as female singer star and Bonnie Raitt, obviously. Yeah. And, um, and I, uh, so when I started writing, because I liked the storytelling aspect, I naturally gravitated to country music because that was, that's where the storytelling really happens. And, um, but that has kind of evolved and I, I think, or I guess unevolved in the sense that I really went kind of the standard country road for a little bit. And now with this new album, I think more of other influences like the Joni Mitchell influence, like more pop or more folk influences have come back into my writing. When you, you wrote a piece a couple months ago that I found fascinating because to me, um, songwriting is this magical art and, uh, that, you know, you must be like struck by the, you know, the muses to actually sit down and write a song, even though in my own writing, I know I have to sit down every day and grind it out. And right. I use a lot of different influences. And if I'm not inspired by my own personal brain, I'll pick up another book or a magazine article or a newspaper article. And that's how I sort of move forward. And I I was fascinated to write that you use the same trick for your songwriting. When you teach your students songwriting and you teach them about the form, you also say, read the paper. You might find a, a headline that's a hook or there's a yeah. story in there. I, tell, Explain a little bit about the actual process of writing a song. We just heard Worth the Wait, which is a fantastic song off the album. Worth so, the whiskey. Worth the whiskey. Worth the whiskey. I'm sorry, yeah. Susan. Worth the whiskey. Uh, so um, probably worth the wait, too. But uh, so explain how a song like that evolves in, in kind of your methodology. Well, so, you know, when I when 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 I was in college, uh, you know, if my love life was going down into a bad place, I, I was very prolific. I wanted to write poems and short stories and like things were just flowing because I was so sad and <laughs> dramatically angst filled and I certainly find that with my students because they're kind of at that age but you know honestly if you want longevity in writing in writing anything I think you sometimes have to fake it you sometimes have to come and make the inspiration happen 
And I think, you know, when you're having a particularly happy day, you might not feel inspired to write. And so I have really, as a teacher, because I also teach outside of Berkeley as well, I do master clinics, I've, I've made it kind of my crusade to deal with writer's block. Okay. And how do writers get through writer's block? And I, I believe that, you know, you can use outside sources, media, books, poetry, other forms of music, classical music. And so I've kind of gone around and talked to songwriters and always, you know, are, are talking to them about like, what works for you? And so what works for me is, you know, I sit in a room every single day and try and come up with something. And sometimes, as, as you said, very, very rightly so, sometimes it's very present in my life that something will come up that I'm like, that's what I want to write about. Um, but also, oftentimes, it, it'll be, you know, well, I don't really have anything to say today. What, what can I do that will inspire me? And um, I find outside sources really useful, like Worth the Whiskey, for example. So I wrote that. Uh-huh. I, there's this young country artist that I was working with named Jillian Cartarelli, who's also released that song that, on, on her single. Oh, and she, and she was nominated for Country Song of the Year for that song. Holy cow. I yeah. didn't know that. Really cool. And so Jillian and I got together and I was thinking about the fact that drinking songs, they're always sad. They're always like, you betrayed me and now I'm in a bar or you're in a bar and we're drinking and we're sad. And I thought, (laughs) what if I turn that on its head and made a song about, you know what? You go ahead. You drink because I'm worth the whiskey. So go ahead. Enjoy yourself. Wallow in that sadness because you, 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 you missed out on being with me. And so the song had a whole different kind of kicky, kind of fun, edgy, you know. Yeah, it's a great song. I'm not surprised it was picked up by another artist and, and nominated for something. Because it really does exactly what you wanted it to do. It sort of turns it on its head. The first time I listened to it, it's really like shocked and surprised and delighted me. Like I had a big smile on my face listening to oh, that thank song. thank you. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> How how do you explain that song to your twelve and fourteen year old though? It's kind of like when, you know when I have to write a sex scene, I'm like, oh, don't don't read this part of the book. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, it's funny because I think that because they're poor things, they're so immersed in it. They're so immersed in it that at this stage, they're they're like beyond the general comments. Like my daughter will say, you know what? I think that end lyric on your verse really isn't writing to the hook as strongly as it could be. You know, like... Yeah, like, good work. You done like, good, Mom. <laughs> my son will say, you know, on, I, I think you really should use a different drum sound. You know, like they're... they're I've, I've ruined them for life. That's good. In a good way. In a good way. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, Susan. Um, we're going to listen to your song, Better Day. And then when we come back, I want to talk to you. You did have kind of a life-changing event when you were um, crafting this album, Haunted Heart. And uh, I want to talk to you about that. So right, this the song is called Done Better. <laughs> it's not called Better Day. Well, it says Better Day in your notes. That was my problem because I wrote two songs. <laughs> and one of it, the song is called Done Better. Okay. And I, I'm a goober. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Whatever this song is called, we're going to listen to it here. We'll be back in a second. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. You were like God to me. I 
thundercloud, your voice came down all powerful and knowing, and I was safe and sound. Like a compass in a starless sea, you were supposed to guide me, that's what I believe. And I was safe and sound. You're not the man that you could be. You should have been better. 'Cause when it came to loving me, you should have been better.
Susan, though, when you were writing this, you said you I read a, an article that you had been writing more commercially oriented country songs. Uh, yeah. You mentioned that you've worked with other artists, but that something happened as you were crafting this last album and that it really changed your life. Do you mind talking a little bit about the incident? No, I think it's I, I'm I'm glad to share it. And I think that because um, it's something that, you know, I guess something good came out of something bad. Um, but, Which is just a universal experience. You know, you had yeah. a traumatic experience, but uh, certainly people listening can understand uh, that idea. So what happened? Well, so um, it was uh, three days before Christmas and um, a, a friend who she she was in my house and she fainted headfirst down the stairs into my kitchen. <gasps> And I was in the kitchen with my dog, and I heard this terrible thump sound. I mean, it was really like a painting falling over, like that's how it was. And I went, and um, she was uh, critically injured. And um, I needed to do CPR, and she essentially kind of coded out on my kitchen floor. Holy and then, cow. And then kind of came back, and then the luckily, uh, because I was right there, um, I was able to call 911 immediately and uh, they came quickly, thank God. Um, but uh, she ended up, she crushed her neck and she had a, a arterial head wound and it was, it was terrible, terrible. And then the police came and told me that she wasn't going to make it, which I, I kind of, I knew because I, she had already kind of died for me at least. Wow, Susan, unbelievable. And then she didn't, she didn't die. And so, you know, I, we've spent every day in the hospital through that Christmas and, um, she didn't die and she kept not, you know, and so we went back and, um, I, I think that, uh, for about, well, the, the long story short of, of, of my friend is that she has recovered mostly. Um, she, uh, still doesn't have a voice because her vocal cords were damaged badly, was um, she and, a musician, a singer as well? No, okay. no she's a friend. Um, but still, that's it. It's terrible to lose your voice. But yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But she, um, and she is still dealing with health issues and has has not kind of. She's not. She's not better. Um, mm -hmm. But she is not not dead. And I think that um, that that you know she has a young son and a husband and um, I. For me, the experience, it was so funny because she doesn't remember it all. She remembers the night before, mm -hmm. and then she woke up in the hospital two weeks later. Um, for me, because I was the only one in the kitchen at the time when it happened, it was, I had post-traumatic stress disorder for like six months after that. And I think that, you know, every time I'd come in, my husband would be asleep on the couch, stomach down, but with his head out. I'd be like, oh my God, he's dead. Oh like, gosh. And my kids, if they drop something upstairs, I'd be like, they're dead. Like every, I had this, I like, everyone's dead all the time. And, uh, it took about six months for that kind of to fade. And when I finally started writing again, um, I just couldn't bring myself to write something that I wasn't absolutely personally connected to. And so all of the songs on Haunted Heart came about after the accident and are all, incredibly personal songs. And, and what's interesting is that I like to disguise stuff in metaphor. So you won't, you won't necessarily hearing them know what they're about. Mm -hmm. 
But for me, they, I could tell you, oh, this one is about that person. And this one is about like, they're all really tied to, to personal experiences that I had. So, well, I think that's the beauty of writing. I mean, I can relate just a little bit in when I lost both my parents last year within this 10-week period, but in between my mom's death and my dad's, I had to finish my novel, Elizabeth, the First Wife. Uh, it was just kind of a macabre beat the clock. and But for me, it was the first time writing was really a therapy. Uh, I had thought of it really more as my job before right. and- something that I did. Um, I, you know, I, I thought I was pretty good at it, but it wasn't, it wasn't something I felt like I physically needed to do. But during that time period, I was polishing the novel and I had a very strong mother character in it and a very strong father character. And I realized I could make those characters a lot more like my own parents, but, but not so dead on like you're talking about. That's not how it translates really like, Oh, this will be Edna Dolan. This will be Jim Dolan. It's Things you recall from them, you know, essences yep. of them that you can work into the character in a different way, completely different yep. anecdote, but you know what's happening. Exactly. And yeah. so there's a, there's a, there's a connection to the songs and in probably in your case to your book that yeah. it's just very different. It's very different than the other kind of writing that I was doing. Like it really, and when I sing them, when I perform them, it's like, it's almost like inside I'm going, I can't believe I'm actually singing this. You know, like, you know, like, well, nobody but me, but me knows what it's about, but still it's like, Oh my God, a little bit like those, the, you know, the skeletons are out of the closet wandering around in daylight. So it's your own personal Alanis Morissette. It is. Oh my God. What? You know, I think we all, let's face it, who doesn't want to get up on stage and like in a pair of cowboy boots and sing? I can't think of one person I know that doesn't have that fantasy, especially now that I'm so addicted to Nashville. I feel like, <laughs> I miss, do you watch that show? Please well, tell me that uh, all country music stars look like Deacon Claiborne. <laughs> well, you know, exactly. Well, I think, let me tell you this. So I started watching it because I thought this is going to be my show. And I can relate so much to the Connie Brixton character <laughs> and so much to kind of the kind of the issues that are like it's it's too close to home and I can't I can't watch it. <laughs> oh no. Like, oh my god, I know what that person's going through. Like it really, you know, it's very I mean obviously there's the drama and everything, but it, it like the kind of the day to day, it is really like that. So, okay. Yeah. Well, they're always like squirreling away to go write something. That's what I love about that show. Like there aren't too many shows about like songwriting. And that's yeah. it. Hey, let's go write. Hey, let's go write. Okay. I just <laughs> met you. Let's go write a song. Okay. <laughs> but when you're performing, how, how great is that? Like you have always been a performer. Uh, even when you were having an advertising career, you were sort of living a double life as a, as a singer at night. Yeah. Um, is that just the best? <laughs> let's face it. Is it just fantastic? It is. I mean, and I think especially, I mean, there's so many great things about it. Whenever I get a little nervous before I go up on stage, not all the time, but sometimes. And when I get up there, the moment I'm up in front of the microphone, it's a little like, oh, I know how to do this. Oh, I remember. I'm good at this. You know, like, and so it feels, it feels a little bit like home, like I've arrived home. And I think what's cool now is that I'm actually... I'm actually playing the guitar with my band, which is kind of a new thing for me. Um, and so I love the idea that I'm actually 
I'm not only fronting the band, but I'm actually making music with the musicians. That's a really exciting and, and wonderful thing that I'm well, doing. Well, explain that because you were self-taught and it sounds like you've worked really hard on your musicianship in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, that and that's something that just never, ever stops. <laughs> I think that um, I... Uh, the reason why I went to Berkeley actually was because I was a self-trained musician who had no idea how to communicate with musicians in my band. So I'd be like, you know, say to the drummer, you know, when you hit that, that big drum and then (laughs) that, the one that goes, you know, and the musicians would look at me like, huh? And so I went to Berkeley to kind of learn music theory and to be able to have the language to communicate with other musicians. And now I'm finding that as a front woman, um, it's, I really want to be able to, uh, to kind of be in charge of when the song starts and when the song ends. And you aren't that when you're the lead singer. Okay. It, got it. it. Usually as a musician, either the piano player or the guitarist who's like, and the song ends here. <laughs> you're not, the vocalist doesn't normally lead that. Um, and I kind of wanted that experience. So I've been doing that. And I, I, I will confess that I watch uh, videos of Springsteen. And I'm because you are a Jersey girl. Because I am a Jersey girl. You and may have gone country, but at heart, you're a Jersey girl. That's right. And, you know, he's a really wonderful he, he's really good at kind of controlling the audience and the music, the music. And I think so I'm kind of learning from him as far as how to get in and out of songs using my using a guitar so it's it's been really really fun well you couldn't learn from anyone better susan from the boss perfect (laughs) do you what do you you know people always ask me like what do your kids make of all this because you you live in boston i imagine a lot of your uh kids friends maybe not i don't know i don't know where they go to school or anything but they're probably there they're i'm guessing their parents have normal jobs they're bankers and lawyers and yes, doctors do. <laughs> so when oh, is my mom the country musician how does that go over well it's you know they should be more happy about it. But, you know, like I, I recently had my local CD release party for Haunted Heart mm-hmm. and I made them, I mean, it felt like I was getting married. Like I was like, you have to come. <laughs> and you think I was taking them to the dentist. Like they were like, oh God, mom, we've seen you play before. I'm like, I know, but this is my CD release party and you have to come. And so with the guarantee that they could bring their iPhones so, you know, in case my daughter wanted to play doodle jump or my son wanted to check what texts were coming in from his buddies, yes. that was the condition under which they would come to my CD release party. So I think for them, it's very, um, it's kind of, it's nothing special because they're used to it. You know, the mu- there are musical instruments around the house and, you know, they have to listen to my demos in the car with me. Oh, Wow. That's traumatic. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, I took uh, my son Colin on the book tour last year, and he came to a couple of events with me, but like the third time he was going to hear me do my spiel, I was like, oh, you can just stay in the hotel room and order room service. You know, that's, he doesn't, enough is enough. (laughs) Well, what's cool though is my daughter is a, my daughter is a writer. Oh. And so for her... Like she'll, the other day I came in and on the, the, I have like a little desk area in my kitchen and on the desk was a post-it and it said, he cried to the moon when she left him. And I said, Charlotte, what is this? She's like, oh, I thought it'd be a good song title for you. 
Like he cried to the moon when she left him. I'm like, where did that come up? What 12 year old daughter, you know? So she, she loves to write and loves the lyric part of my songs and, you know, constantly tells me what I need to be doing to them. So. Is it, um, you teach, you know, students, do you think it's harder to shepherd your own child into that sort of thing to gently move them in that direction? Or do you have any plans for that? Or are you just going to let her evolve on her own? Yeah, I mean, I think I've I, I've been coming from the Boston area. I know a lot of parents who have their children booked from dawn to dusk. And when I had kids, I was like, I am not doing that. So as a result, my poor children don't play really. My son takes drum lessons, but nobody plays any instruments. You know, I'm, I've been terrible. I've not <laughs> been the tiger mom that I could have been. Um, but I think that I, I really wanted them to love music. I didn't want them to feel like music was a chore. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they, my daughter loves to sing. Um, you know, they both kind of play the piano because they figure stuff out on their own. Um, but I, I really want, I mean, it's a, it's a hard, uh, it's a hard business to be in. And I, I think that not that I'm not encouraging them to take up a music career, but, I think that they've seen me go through it and it's, it's, it's hard. So there are highs and lows, I would imagine. And it's just yeah. a lot of hard work. Do you, uh, you know, do you have any regrets? Do you think, Oh boy, I wish I had started this 25 years ago or hmm, I wish the evolution of my career had been a little bit different. Well, I mean, of course. I mean, right. could, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think. Why didn't I write Seinfeld? Okay, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny though, because I think I, I, uh, I don't know. I feel like I guess the truth is, is that I couldn't have done anything any earlier than I did. You know, I, I at the time when I was in my twenties, I don't think I thought of music as being a possible career, which is why I did it on the side, and I was really into to writing for for advertising and for television. That was my thing. And I think that the music or the musician in me, that was something I never really allowed to happen. And I guess I needed to get older to kind of allow myself to have this career. And so, no, I don't, I don't think I have any regrets. I think the only thing that I wish that I had, you know, really mastered the guitar playing early. Cause I'm finding that, that, that is a hard, it's, I don't know. I know everybody plays a guitar, but it's hard. My <laughs> fingers hurt. It's hard. Um, and, and, you know, I wish I'd learned that when I was in my twenties so that it was just easy breezy now, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> you no, know, I get that. You know, I didn't really write my first novel till at 45 and I could have written a book at 25, but it would have been a very different book. You exactly. know, it just right. would not have been. It would have been the book of someone who hadn't experienced that much. So right. there's a, re you know, you can write books at 25. Plenty of people have written great books, but for me, eh, okay. It took me a while to get to it. So I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and I think, and, and, you know, maybe the, the, for me, I think, well, why didn't I write songs in my twenties? And I was, I was writing a little bit, but I think that it, I just hadn't really, I, it hadn't marinated enough, I guess, for it. <laughs> For me to be able to write them. Like now it's easy, but then it wasn't. So so what's next, Susan? What's on tap? Do you, um, I know you've been doing a lot of live dates. Is there a tour? Do you sort of, uh, you know, wait till the summer when do a lot of music festivals? Or do you hunker down and start working on another album? Um, I think it's, what's interesting is that I really want to let Haunted Heart 
get its get its get the sunlight a little bit. So I'm not going to be jumping right back into writing another album, which I did. Like all of my other albums, I I've put out four albums in five years. So oh I, my gosh! You know, not wasted any time. But this one feels I want to give this a chance. So my plan is to uh, I'm hoping to tour as much as possible. And um, I'm kind of doing the East Coast, so uh, Maine down to Washington, and um, and just trying to kind of play and, and get out there and play and have people hear the songs. And, you know, I'm trying to get on some of the, the music festivals for the summer. And Is um, that very hard? Is that a very hard thing? Or is it once you're sort of in rotation, you're on people's lists? Exactly. Okay. That's exactly. But it's, you know, it's that step of getting onto the list. Right. That, that's the hard part. I think for me, the fact that um, the fact that I can play by myself and also with a band makes me, um, you know, I can, I can be on the smaller stage and also I can be on the larger stage. So that actually gives me more opportunities. Um, okay. All right. So, yeah, but it, it's funny because I think as somebody who is not in their 20s, you know, it's definitely, it's a young man's world. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I have to kind of find the the festivals that would be interested in, in me, you know? <laughs> so it's... What, what it's yeah. His, you know, like I've, I've got all I can think of is a Lilith Fair joke. So I won't say right. that. <laughs> like, is it, right. Does, is, a, is a menopause medicine? Do they oh, sponsor? Oh, you're not. Your songs are young at heart and you're sexy. I've seen the music video. You're looking I good, girls. Damn it. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because I really think that I, I recently did a whole big show with a bunch of different artists, two of which were ex-students of mine. Oh, wow. And they're like 23. Yeah. And then me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. You know, it just, but I did thought, you clean well, up I... the, did you clean up the, like the food room and stuff? Did you find yourself? <laughs> yeah. Just making sure they were dressed properly. And, yeah. you know. Are you wearing that on stage? Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what was so interesting is that I think that, um, I don't know, I feel like uh, I can, I don't know, I, I feel like I know what I'm doing. And so I feel like where, you know, youth might be exciting, but I'm a professional. So, and there's a difference between between us. That's, that hopefully is appealing. Right on, right on, Susan oh. Catania. That's who we are talking to. Now, Susan, all your albums are available at your great website, right? Or it, yes. you can buy them at iTunes. Yep. Uh, where else can you find them? I, I'm everywhere. Okay. I'm, I'm present. No, I'm like, so Amazon, iTunes. Okay. But for me, like the website, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm putting up a bunch of songwriting blogs and stuff. So there's actually more material than just, than just, uh, you know, just the albums. And so, um, my, my website is susanmusic.com. And I will put a link to that at Satellite Sisters and on our Facebook page, susanmusic.com, because she has a, um, you know, you do have a, an Italian last name. You're married to an Italian. Uh, that's unusual for country music, isn't it? (laughs) It is totally. And well, in fact, like you should have seen when I was doing radio tours through the Midwest (laughs) and I get there and be like, well, that Susan, Susan cat, something, she's coming out, she's coming out that cat, that cat person. (laughs) I'd be like. Uh, that's why we did the Susan music thing because <laughs> we decided I, I, I'm going to be the Madonna of Americana. And I, I have like one name. I'm like Cher. 
You don't need more than that. Just Susan. (laughs) All right. Well, if you, yeah, Susan will be touring on the East Coast. So definitely we have a lot of listeners on the East Coast. It sounds like you fit right in. Let's support her music, A True Satellite Sister. All right, Susan, I am now afraid to say the name of the song we're going out on, but I (laughs) I am reading it. Do I have this right? How a Cowboy Says Goodbye? Yes, and I'm sorry. Yes. So, no. this, so this, can I tell you about the song? Yes. So this is a, um, so my, this is actually a, a, a bona fide country song. Um, and my uncle uh, had terrible asthma and couldn't live on the East Coast. So he was actually raised in Arizona. And um, so we would go out to Arizona. That's how I kind of found my country music thing. Oh. And um, he recently passed away. But I wanted to write a song that was about Arizona and about the Southwest. And I also discovered that his nickname was Cowboy. And so it's how Cowboy says goodbye. And I I really like it. All right. Well, we are going to play the whole song, but we are going to say goodbye to you now. Susan, it has been so much fun reconnecting. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you, Leon. And I want everyone to read your book. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is How a Cowboy Says Goodbye. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your satellite sister. Why don't you sing me a love song As blue as a turquoise sky Sing to me of deserts and days gone by Till I can see the barnyard with trees so high And that young boy swinging a rope to the sky Sing me a love song 
Cause that is 